Get Pucked. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Pucked podcast. Dave, Matt, and Vito here. Second episode of 2024. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we're not going to get too, too much, I don't think, in this particular episode about talking about the last couple games uh, from the last episode to now. But one thing I do want to talk about was the game yesterday at the time of this recording, which was against New Jersey. And in particular, Joshua Hua gets his first NHL goal. And it comes Ooh. off of a sweet dish by Sean Monaghan, who just held and held and held and really wanted Quad to net that first one. And his play this season in particular has been pretty outstanding. Um, thankfully, knock wood, he hasn't had any any brushes with injury again. He looks, he looks really, really good. And so one of the latest things that have been out there in sort of the rumor mill, and it actually got brought up at uh, uh, Hughes' uh, presser, was uh, supposedly there's this gentleman agreement in place that uh, that Kent said, hey, Sean, sign him one year, and don't worry, by trade deadline, I'll look to move you to a contender if we're, if we're not really in, in the position to make the playoffs. Now, of course, Kent Hughes doesn't come out directly and say yay or nay to this, but it, 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 all signs are pointing to that's probably the case, and, and it's all likely that he's going to be traded. And given his play uh, this season, there's, there's now back to sort of the high expectations of a, of a higher return for him. So... I'm just curious, boys, because does this team really need another first-round pick late first? Is that really what they need with the stockpile of picks they have right now? Is that is that what he's going to net back, a 27, a 28, a 29th overall pick? Or can Kent and Jeff get a little bit funky? Could they, could they go and look at a team and say, you know what, you guys are going for the cup. You guys have quite a few prospects. We don't want to pick. Give us your – give us a grade A top quality prospect, a guy who's probably going to be in the NHL next year and has a very high ceiling. Should they try to target something like that and do a one-for-one? One? Or do you want something more like a good prospect than a second? You know, it's more about the prospect than the pick. What do you What do you guys think? Does the team really need another first or should they do something different? Davide? I think I've been on uh, record for saying that uh, I'd like this. I'm done with the picks. You know, I mean, the picks are great. You, you, I know there's a saying you can never have too many first round picks, but at one point you got to start moving things for things, you know, for, 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 for prospects. So what does that look like? And is Sean, I mean, look, Sean Monahan's he's good. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Teams get stupid at, at, at trade deadline time. If I, if it was me, I wouldn't be giving up too much. Like, I don't think he's a top six guy on a good team. You know what I mean? So you, now what are you giving up for? You know, although we saw with Colorado, what they gave up to get Arturi Lekkanen. Arturi Lekkanen was a key piece there. Will Sean Monaghan be that for some team? Maybe, perhaps, could complete a, a set team. But at the end of the day, what are teams likely to give up? And and. I would like to see Ken Hughes reach out and get a, a you know an undervalued prospect, not a not another project or anything like that, but a, a prospect who's who, who's you know well well uh, you know well thought of in, in this league, and that he can they could move up and and again clear no project. I mean, unless there's a crazy project out there that you could see, but for me it would be a, a prospect. I'd like to see a prospect come back, but my expectations are limited because I know a lot of people are high on Sean Monaghan, but again, I think it's a Montreal centric like view on things where yes, he's the best player that Canadians can move, but is he the best player that's going to be available? You'll have to look at it that way. So we'll see what happens again. I, 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 
I'm done saying that this will never happen. You'll never get this because oh, finally, time and time again, man, you general learned your lucky and mistake. Me Good. wrong, <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I just uh, I, I'm excited to see what happens with Sean Monahan, but I, I, my expectations are uh, are limited. That's fair. And just just for for context sake, there's he's played 44 games this season. He has 27 points, 11 goals, 16 assists. Um, has been very, very dominant in play from the eye mm-hmm. test. You see him out there. You see him making moves. And you see, more, most importantly, what he does to his line mates, mm-hmm. right? So to your point, yeah, is he a top six on a great team on Colorado, for example, or on Edmonton or something like that? Could he slot in there? Sure. Would he be put in there directly? No, but could you imagine having a guy like him in your bottom six? Mm-hmm. I think that's the sexy part about, about acquiring him. In the playoffs. And that's what you need in the playoffs. Go ahead, Vito. What do you think? So I would still take the first, mainly because there's a lot of teams that give up their first round picks and all that when uh, when the like for trade deadline and when draft day comes along, they're all seeking first rounds and tend to overpay to get another first round back, especially if there's a player that they like to the draft. Um, I just can't see the type of player that you're you're talking about for Monaghan or coming back for Monaghan. I just don't see it across the across the board. Teams like a will top quality pick. prospect. You yeah, mean? I just can't okay. see teams wanting to give up a top quality prospect like that for Sean Monahan right now. But to Dave's point, general managers tend to get a little crazy come the trade deadline, especially if they really think that their team is a contender this year, or if they feel the pressure that this is the year that they got to go all in on. So Sean Monahan is that kind of player that, on a really good team, you plug him as your three C, and you look and say, hmm, he could be a, a two C on on any team. And he's going to do well, right? So he's doing it for Montreal. He's playing the 2C role, especially since Kirby Doc went out and whatnot. But he could also play wing. So he's got that versatility and he's got that uh, that thing about him. And he's very well respected around the league where teams will pay for him. Especially that he's proven he's put his injury concerns pretty much behind him, as far as we can tell. His hip issues are, seem to be a non-issue at this point. He's, 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 he's adjusted his game well enough. He, he's on a 50-point pace. But it's like you said, he makes the players around him better. There's a leadership to him. He's not a problem in the room. He, he, you can literally, he's that type of player that a team that's acquiring him would just plug him. So to answer the question, I would still take a first. Maybe a, another good prospect. Doesn't have to be an A prospect because I just don't think teams are going to go out giving, go out, out of their way to give that kind of player that they've been developing and whatnot unless a player comes out and says, I want out. You know, yeah, so unlikely. At what point, like, I, I, and I know he's going to get traded, right? I know that there was things, you know, uh, promises made, but Seemingly at what point so. does it outweigh the the you know maybe they should have kept him uh, or or worked on k- keeping him as opposed to like getting a late first round pick that you know you don't not sure it's going to pan out. Like if Sean so, Monahan's that has that much value, you know what I mean? Like it's just to me that I was my follow up. I, I oh, agree. Sorry. I no, it's it's fine because it's it's the natural question to ask. We're talking about returns. Everybody's talking about returns from. Now it's one thing he says, listen, guys, I really don't see my future here. I want to test the market. You guys can't afford me next season. Like there's other factors, of course. But mm-hmm. if you simply sit back and say, Is it in the best interest of this team to trade Sean Monahan or to keep Sean Monahan? You ask me my opinion, I'd keep him. I'd keep him. I don't want a, a 29th overall pick. I, I don't think it's – I could it hit? Absolutely. As much as a, a, a pick in the second or in the fifth, things happen. These things hit all the time. 
but I'll play the odds and say that it's more unlikely that it hits. And Sean Monaghan, what he's bringing right now, and to your point, this is a guy who's a leader in the room. This is a guy who's wore letters for a long time in Calgary. He's here. The team gels around him. He makes his line mates better. He's making the kids that he's playing with. Look at what he did with Joshua Hua in the last game I just mentioned before. I would keep. Yeah, but you're assuming you're assuming that whoever acquires him is going to sign into an extension right after. And no, 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 for sure. In the off season. That yeah, never happens. We talked man. about that. Never happens. We talked never about happens. that in the last season too. Oh, they'll trade this guy. They'll get a first, and we'll get him back. Yeah, but like totally. Totally. remember that? No, it doesn't okay. happen. I don't want to. I'm gonna. It's gonna sound like this, but there is a strong chance that he does come back to Montreal. Montreal is an up and coming team. There's a lot of things. He's he's come out to say it that he really loves. They all say it. They all they say, all say it. it. I get it, Dave. I How, get old it. How old he's is Sean How old is he? He's 29 years old. He's not old. Okay, so he's turning 30 this year, let's say before the next season starts. He's turning 30. Uh, hold on. I think he turns 30. He turns 30 October, this year. October 12, right? at the start of the season. Okay, so at the start of the season. So this is a 30-year-old, okay? Uh, people, and, and I've heard you say this too, that Josh Anderson has no spot on this team, and the contract that he has is too long because he's going to be too old for where the core is going forward. Sean Mon has the same, same age. Hold on a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a different. That's a different conversation. Sean Monahan is very different than than Josh Anderson. Centers who could win faceoffs and produce like Sean Monahan is producing at a, at least a 50, 60 point pace. I would put a bit more stock into a Josh, a streaky Josh Anderson. Not to say that I never pumped up Josh Anderson. I have. He's that he does create space. I do think that Josh Anderson on the right situation on the right team would would actually do very well, you know, plug him in Edmonton on a line with, with Connor McDavid or somebody to create space or even uh, New Jersey Devils with Jack Hughes, somebody that could attract other players to them while, and open up space for them is a great, is a great situation. Um, I think Josh Anderson was a great acquisition for the Montreal Canadiens before when they were going on playoff runs and whatnot, not for the rebuild, okay? So you, Sean think, Monahan, you think Sean Monaghan's situation is, is good for the rebuild? 30 years old now. And yes, I'm playing devil's advocate because I, I do believe that. But that, you do you believe this? Of, you can't have a team just full of kids. You do need some vets and some good quality vets. And we've seen what show. Look at last year when Sean Monaghan went out. Nick Suzuki yeah, still produced, but he, he started yeah. to struggle, right? Now, this year, we lost Kirby Doc, game number two. And you literally looked and said, okay, plug Sean Monaghan there. You know, at a point he went on the wing. Christian Dvorak came, and they're trying to juggle the lines and play so, things here. So, and there. so hold on a second. So, I want to. I just want to pump the brakes a second because I want to make sure that that you answer what what I'm asking here because we both agree Sean Monahan on the team we would keep him. Like he's a good. It's, it's a good player, and you're like, yeah, okay, trade him for the first, but you want him back, so you do want him on the team. So if he stayed and never got traded, you wouldn't. You really be sad about it. My question is this: his contract's up. If he does stay here, it's not for another one year deal. So what's the term and what's the what's the AAV that you got to give Sean Monahan to stay here on a you team know that's what, still what rebuilding? I think, what I think the contract would look like something like Josh Anderson's contract right now. The guy's on a fifty-point pace. You're looking at a five to six million dollar contract, in my opinion. Usually, the way the way I figure these things out normally is obviously there's exception to the rules, but a million uh, for every for, ten points. A million for every ten points. Yeah. It's what okay. I've told you. And anytime, anytime you get a player that exceeds that uh, 80, 80, 90 points, you're talking, it could go to 9, 10, 11, and 12 million. 
So you you would you would be comfortable at 30 years old to give Sean Monahan a five year five million dollar contract? We look at the caps going up. I think third third line centers are trending towards that kind of cost. Dave, I'm not saying they're Sean that right Monaghan, now. Five years, five mil. Cost. Uh, I think I'd be I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. It seems pricey, but the cap's going to go up. It's. I, I think. I think I'd be okay with it, to be honest. I, I hate when we all agree on something. I know it it's sucks so, to say. It's so want, not fun. <laughs> I love disagreeing with Vito, but at the end of the day, like okay. it's a would real. You I would say, do it too. I would okay. do it too. I, what I'm, I understand. Okay, Armia has paid three point four million a year. Right? Okay. Would you pay one? That's a yeah. terrible contract. Where are you going yes, with this? I, I I know it's a terrible contract, but would you not pay one point six to two million dollars more for Sean Monahan? Okay, but like you could point that to any bad contract, and but I I agree. It's, yes. it's, I can't argue with you right now because I agree yes. with what you're saying. But <laughs> terrible, it's a terrible argument because you could pick any bad albatross of a contract and be like, hey, Rick DiPietro, uh, would you not pay uh, two million Rick less DiPietro. for uh, Sam Malta? You know I mean, like Rick DiPietro. That's a <laughs> that was my favorite contract. Okay, of all time. the Montreal Canadiens, if Kent Hughes was able to move Josh Anderson right now and get rid of that contract, would you say, okay, I'm grabbing that contract, I'm giving it to Sean Monahan? Would you complain? No. There you mm -hmm. go. No. Am I swapping their contracts? So now Anderson is on an expiring deal this year? <laughs> no, Anderson's basically they moved Anderson and they just said, okay, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, it's it's scary, too, because, I mean, I don't want to go too much longer on Monaghan, but there is the history of injuries that could always resurface. He looks mm -hmm. good now. He's healthy now. He's playing well now. And and hopefully for him and for and for everybody and, and whosoever team he ends up on, that he stays healthy for the remainder of his career. I wish nothing but the best for this guy. I, I really I'm, like him. I'm going to say this before you move on but to the next question. It's still there. I'm not saying I wouldn't wouldn't trade him. If a team comes out and gives the package that you look at and say, I can't refuse this even for Sean Monaghan, I'm trading him. Well, you just said you would trade him for the 28th overall pick next season. Yeah, I would. I just, in case people tune in at this very moment, and they want them to know. It's not a radio. It's not a radio show here. They're not just tuning in the middle. 14 minutes into the episode. Never know. There's chapters. I guess. I guess. I guess. Okay. Good. Another player that's actually uh, had a, it's it's kind of simmered down just a little bit, but but for the last couple of weeks, it's been like every other day, people talking about uh, different packages to get this guy. Gentlemen, is Trevor Zegris the answer to the offensive woes on this team? And if Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon came out and paid a King's Ransom for him, would you guys be comfortable with that? Vito, hmm. you can start this one. Listen, I'm a... I'll let Vito start. I think Trevor Zegris at the if like Montreal Canadiens were to acquire Zegris, I think it, it would be a lot of hype. There'd be a lot of things, reasons to be excited for it. The guys got some highlight goals. I personally am not a Here Trevor Zegris fan. Wow. I'm not a will he will he will he score some goals that you're gonna be like, wow, yeah, he gets you off your seat. A couple of Michigan attempts, fine. But at, at the same time, this guy was really hyped up after that one Michigan goal that he scored last year. And 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 they pumped him up and they put him on the cover of NHL 24 and, and uh, NHL 23, rather, and, and all these things. And they were saying he's the next thing, he's the next thing. And then what a fall from grace a year later. Now, okay, mind you, this is a season where he's, he's had some injuries and he is playing in Anaheim and, and whatnot. And God knows what's going on behind the scenes there. But do I think he's the end? No, I think he'd just be another piece to a puzzle that you're adding there because he, I don't want a situation, a Jonathan Drouin type of situation where he comes here, can't handle the pressure, he's got the skill, he was 
you know, you look at him, he's got, he could do all the, the stuff in the world on the ice, but it just doesn't work in Montreal. Okay. And I just don't think, I think he'd have fun with Cole Caulfield and his buddy. I, it, on paper, it looks like Trevor Zegers would answer, would, would solve a lot of the Montreal's problems, but I just don't 65 see 65 points in 81 yeah. games last okay. season, 61 points Great. in 75 games the season before, and he had seven and 20 before he got hurt this year. Fantastic. When he comes to Montreal, he's a 45 point player. <laughs> Ouch. Well, <laughs> look, I don't, I mean, okay, Dave. It depends on where you're going to, like, it depends on what you're giving up for him. Because Trevor Zegers, at first, people thought first line center, this guy's, when they were talking about what contract extension he was going to sign, that the money was going to be astronomical, it would have been stupid to overpay him. So I think a lot of people, you know, they kept hearing, oh, Trevor Zegers, not a first line center, not a first line center. You can't pay him like you pay uh, the big guys in this league. And then he got a, you know, the contract was was manageable. I think it was like five point seven five. I think that he's that the, the contract extension that he signed. Or uh, hold on, I'll double check here. I don't remember, but seeming seems to me it was manageable. It wasn't crazy. It, it wasn't, wasn't a crazy. crazy deal. Yeah, he was holding out, but it wasn't crazy. I don't think Trevor Zegers is um, the, like the number one center for the Montreal Canadiens of the future. Like I don't think that's a guy. That's another guy who won't be. You need. A, I'm I'm adamant about you need a point per game player as your top line center in the NHL. 5.75. Sorry? 5.75. See, that's exactly yeah. it. That's a manageable contract for a guy who gets 65 points, 60 points, two years in a row. Uh, I, I'm okay with that. The thing is, it depends on what you're going to get, what you're going to give to get the, uh, to get Trevor Zegers. But Trevor Zegers would be interested. I think it would make a, a, a big splash for Ken Hughes to come go and get a guy like that, a guy that who like, you know, the casual fan knows Trevor Zegers' name because of what he can do. And, and he's on the highlight reel and he's respected. But I wouldn't build my team around Tre Trevor Zegers, uh, you know, necessarily. He's not a first. No, but is, is, is I'm not saying build a team because the team is already centered around a nucleus that exists today. But does Trevor Zegers as an additional piece coming in here? Yes, it's interesting. The ceiling that he has. But but are you prepared to pay their first for next year, a yes. second top ten contract player, uh, top – well, no, top ten, they won't do it. Top, top five protected, let's say – a second, a roster player, a top defensive prospect. Let's say no. that's the package. And it's probably that's, even more. That's a bit much. And that's my point, is that at the end of the day, there's going to be another team that's going to be prepared to make that move. I'm thinking the Chicago Blackhawks would probably be interested in doing a move like that. You know, slot him behind Connor Bedard, and now all of a sudden you have an exciting team, a very exciting team. I think those teams are geared to to make more of an offer on, the Canadian, on, uh, on Zegras than than Ken Hughes is. Ken Hughes is, to me, seems like a conservative-ish okay. guy. And I just don't think that he would be made. But hold on a second. Because I'm not, hold on. I'm not talking about whether they're going to win the Trevor Zegers sweepstakes and are they going to get outbid. Because I would like to know whether you would be comfortable with that no. kind of offer. That's no. So you're, you're, you're emphatic no. It you're, you're... Go ahead, then. No, sorry. It, just, it depends on who your defensive prospect is. You know what I mean? Like, it depends on who, who, who you're giving it's up. anybody not named Caden Gooley. Mm, I don't know. I don't. I, I would I'm imagine. Not, I'm not. I'm it, not a hundred. It would have to be. It would have to be a defenseman on the left hand side because Montreal's doesn't have a lot of depth on the right hand. And they're, I'm, they're. I wouldn't give Reinbacher. I I wouldn't give Logan Mayu in a package. I wouldn't give any of those guys because they don't, Montreal doesn't have the depth for on the right hand side to sacrifice for a Trevor Zegers. Exactly. If you're going to trade those guys, again, it's like it's interesting to see. Okay, maybe you could get Trevor Zegers for this, but like, who else can you get for those guys? You know what I mean? I, I got PTSD. I don't want to trade one of those defensive <laughs> prospects like we did with Sergachev 
for a yeah. Jonathan Joy. I don't want the same thing to happen for Trevor Zegers. If Montreal okay. can't use is able to, if Montreal can't use is able to acquire Trevor Zegers without touching the main core defensive prospects that were we we recently drafted or what? Because if we if something like Reinbacher, for example, which is, is, is it's it's not happening, but let's say something like Reinbacher were was to be the ass from Anaheim for Trevor Zegers. Do you really want to trade a fifth overall pick for uh, Trevor Zegers? A ninth Zegers? overall pick? I, I don't do it. Not for Trevor Zegers. Not, you're talking about a guy who's already there's. It's so like there's so many similarities with with the Jonathan Drouet. Well, and and okay. also, no, no, also pop, pop, hold on, pop your brakes, Jonathan Drouet. They wouldn't take Trevor Zegers and bring him on the team and plug him on a spot. Where he's not really played, I, they well, tried cut, to make Drouin, who's yeah, a winger, yeah, okay. a center off, on the first I, line. You cut me off before I could even explain what I meant by all of that. Okay, it's so there's already is, there's already issues in Anaheim with him. Apparently, he's already there was a contract oh, negotiation issue there. The, now there's the the injuries. He has an injury riddled season. They want to move him. A young kid like this, they should be. And they, I, I, last year was like we're going to build around this guy, him and Mason McTavish. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, uh, he's on the block. Him, Drysdale, everybody, get out. We're going to recycle because Patrick Big wants to put his stamp on everything. So I don't want that in Montreal. I'm not saying I wouldn't trade for him. I just wouldn't trade a King's ransom for him. Matt, would you have traded before they picked Reinbacker with that pick? Last yeah. year, with all the hype going into the draft, would you have traded that pick for Trevor Zegers? Yes. Plus, you're talking about all no, the other well, things. Because well, okay, you're not saying – Well, that's what you're saying. I don't saying. know about you're plus. Saying, you were saying a, a top prospect defensive defenseman, the first round pick next year. That's what you were listing off, right? That was your package. So, Dave, so I love the move question. Us, move us back a year. He yeah. doesn't get the injury this year, so I don't know about it. He's coming off a second season of sixty plus points. He looks like an offensive dynamo. He's drafted ninth overall, and he's a hit. He's not superstar status yet, but he's a guy who hit, and his and he's on an upwards trajectory. So you, you want to take my fifth. Picks. You want my fifth overall of that season, which I don't know who I'm taking, and Michkov was still there and all this stuff, yeah. fine. You want a second of, let's say this year, the following year, doesn't matter. You want a contract player, which I would dictate you got to take which contract player, and I would probably, it'd probably be Anderson, probably, because you want to unload the contract. And you want a prospect. If that prospect is not named Caden Gooley and is not named Mayu, I do the trade. I do the trade. That's crazy. I do. I do the trade. I do the. The trade, only guys. thing I, I could agree trade. with you on is that if it was, it was, if we were at the draft floor last year, I, I, or last summer, I could see the kind of scenario that would paint out that way. That you look at, at a guy who just came off two sixty-plus point seasons. Really, man, like, sixty points. Like, it, no, I, yeah, but I it would be one of the highest scores on the team. On the are you? Are, what hey, are we talking hey. about? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out, time out. You're not wrong. Dave, for 60 points, you're not wrong. But I, because of the hype that was around Trevor Zegers, I could see the ask being there and being tempting at that time. Fast forward after this year, you look and you say, there's no chance in hell I would pay. I would not have paid that whatsoever last year either. Like, Trevor Zegers is clearly not a number one center. 65 no, points not. is how, not a how, number one. How, okay, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a Nostradamus myself. I don't know what he's going to He's 22. Okay. Yeah, how do you on. know he's not a number one center? Off, if, he, if Montreal were to acquire him, you know he's not playing center anymore. He's going to move to the wing. Kirby Dock is our number two center. 
But Kirby, okay, boys, boys, and I, 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 listen, I don't, I'm not trying to beat the Trevor Zegers drum here, like, like I'm the number one fan. But I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think about how this would play out. If I put aside the ask for a second, which is not fair because the ask is always a factor, but let's put it aside for a second. The Habs get Trevor Zegers. You have Trevor Zegers now on your team. He's 22 years old. He minus the injury that just happened, which hopefully it's not a big one and it doesn't affect his trajectory. But the way this guy was trending, all right, back to back seasons of over 20 goals. 60 plus points each time you plug him even if he's not on the no the number one and it's suzuki there you have trevor zegers as your 2c doc moves up or can go to the wing on the second because the slavkovsky line is not really working well so now you got doc and zegers on a line together with with caulfield suzuki and slap right it's that's not a good nucleus to have on your team Unless Martin St. Louis, or unless the plan is you acquire Zegers and play him the way that Chicago played Patrick Kane, which is basically stay at the blue line and wait till you get the fuck and go in, Zegers is not the guy for his Montreal Canadiens on roster. There's no. Also, okay, so like you, you like the 65 points or whatnot at 20. You, you, you mentioned age. I like the trajectory. Max Domi, Max Domi was 23 and nailed 72 points. So what would you have given up for him? Again, it, it's, 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 but okay, fair, except for the fact that the, the situation, the context of the time is not the same as this time. They weren't in rebuild mode then. I'm looking at a guy, I need to lock this kid down. I want him on my team. He's 22. He's a top 10 pick, but and he's doing this so, upwards trajectory. All right. So you're you're okay, but is he like I don't know? He had seven points in twenty something games this this year. That's that's not on pace for sixty five points uh, again. And secondly, are you, so you'd be okay with your one two both not hitting seventy points or both not being point a game players? Not, no, no, I'm com I'm comfortable if the if the direction of the team and and I, it's kind of like the French term there. If if the management of the team looked at them. And said, we believe in them. Like they looked at Doc and said, this guy hasn't hit high, high numbers, but we believe in him. And we've seen what he was been doing and the trajectory that he was on before he got hurt. I'm a guy who's looking at this and saying, this is the moment in time where you gamble. You find these guys, young guys, you buy into them, you make them come into the team, you make them train under St. Louis, you make them work together, and then magic can happen. Because they're young and you can have a good team for a long time. He right. hasn't hit point per game, but if they look at him and they say he can hit point per game, like Suzuki hasn't been point per game, but he could be. He's trending that way. Caulfield hasn't hit 40 goals, but no one's saying he's not a potential 40 goal scorer. It's like inevitable the way that we talk about it. But that's the it problem. Is it's they, I know you don't like it if it hasn't happened until it happens. I understand. I'm a little different. I think that this is the moment to go for a guy like this, a young kid with a high ceiling that is on his way. Paired I back don't with the guy he had a lot Matt, of success with. I don't hate I what so. you're saying when you paint that when you paint the picture that way. However, I would not pay a king's ransom for Trevor Zeke. What would you pay? What would you pay? It, uh, I'd consider a top ten protected uh, first. I would consider that. Um, I would. I would include one of the defensive prospects that we have, one of the ones that are, when you look at it, then you can't, you just can't find space for them in, in Montreal down the road uh, yeah. on the left-hand side specifically. Uh, you, you'd have to move a contract to make the money work. There has been rumors, rumors that there was an interest in Armia way back when. Armia. Okay. Well, it's a contract. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a contract though. It's just a contract. <laughs> it's just to make the money work. That's all it is. I'm not saying that they, they, the army is going to change the Anaheim Ducks. You can't even change the Montreal Canadiens. going to change the Ducks. 
um, and maybe another later pick, or you know, there a forward prospect that Montreal has that's a BC level, just something that's a package. But it's like I, I was telling you the last time you and I had this conversation, there are teams out there that would pay more for this because he's yeah, I'm not saying they're gonna win it, but, okay, but I am they... curious. Didn't you just say the package I said? No. You were prepared to give no. a first top 10 protected, a defensive prospect, a contract player, and an extra pick. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, but the extra pick I was talking about, that I'm talking about, is also like a 10th and 11th. Uh, so, so it's the I, second I, that's seven, the make or break it, for you? It, yeah, the second is a make or break for me. Oh, and oh I'm not... If you make If you move Ryan Backer, if you move a first, if you move... Uh, this, is colla- this, is, this is assets that you're moving, okay? You're moving yeah. out, Okay. You're moving these guys out, and then now all of a sudden you have a, a top six of Caulfield, who could be a forty goal scorer, but you know, yeah, okay, yeah, here it is. Every yeah. every year you see him a little bit, and you're kind of yeah. you, you see him take the games off, and you see him, and, and again, we're still not at a way where people are game planning for him yet, in my opinion. So to me, okay, and then you have a guy Nick Suzuki who could be an eighty a, a point a game player, but it's not. Then Trevor Zegers who could be a game of game player or not. Uh, Kirby yeah. Doc who's Littered with injuries, but could be a first line player if not. It's just it's all it, could, 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 could. <laughs> you and then want you, you want the splash. You want the guy that you come in, you cement, and you say this is who this person it's is. It's just like look at last year. Look at the it. hype on Justin Barron. Justin Barron could be a first line defense. It didn't. It's not gonna look like it's not gonna pan out that way. Look at the hype on all these guys that were 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 like you, you these prospects. It, it's 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 silly to just continuously. And you're trading, and, and you're trading assets. It's not as if you're, you're you're signing Trevor Zegers to a free agent contract. You're trading probably your biggest asset right now, which is Ryan Backer. That's the only guy probably that people. How are many willing... points Ryan Backer have in the NHL? Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. shut up. That, 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 I'm just that's... saying what he's saying. He what hasn't I'm done saying? anything yet. Of course not. But he's an asset, and he's he's a he's but a. But Trevor Zegers not... proved that he's at least a sixty point player. Is that not better on? Pay... I'm not saying I would do it's it. Not, I'm playing because... devil's advocate to your point. The man hasn't done a single thing. What are you trading? You're trading a potential. Okay, but you're trading a potential guy who's who they just drafted. They're high on. They're comfortable with. He's a defensive guy. He's he's a guy who could uh, right shore up this blue line. It's something the Canadians absolutely need for another hope and a prayer on a guy like 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 Vito hope said. Like prayer, there's absolutely man. a world and a scenario where this guy puts up 55 points and you're just like, ah, oh, Trevor. He's going to come in here with. The expect like you know how Montreal fans are, okay? Some of them are passionate, but there's a lot of just the the people who go to the games. Most a lot of them are casual fans. They're going to see Trevor Zegers and do all these amazing moves, and he's going to have the pressure of the but world. But guys, they're there. not going to make a okay, move out of fear that the fan base is going to either be. I'm gay not or nay saying about it. that. I'm I'm just adding that to the amount of pressure you're, you're, a guy's going to come in and see, to, and and the role you're you're slotting him in. You're slotting him and then Suzuki, and now all of a sudden, those are your top two centers. There's nothing more you can do because you're going to be paying them like that way. And then yes. what happens if both of them don't hit? Okay, you want to know what well, I trade? That's gonna... the whole point of the gamble. Yeah. You want to know what I would but trade? It's a huge gamble when when you could probably trade Reinbacker if you're really going that route and a first round pick and get a more a, a, a probably somebody more better than that. See, now that is a sexy proposition. And I would love for the next episode to come back and touch back on that and say, Dave, I've given you about a week now. Who could you go get me that would be cemented and is a point of game player and is a top line producer for Reinbacher in a first round pick? Well, no, it'd have to be more probably, but I'm just saying he's an asset that you could center a trade around. And Trevor Zegers is just not it. And not I, I, in my mind, he's just not the Understood. guy. Understood. 
Understood. And that the, the most I would trade for Trevor Zegers, now that I think of it, Jordan Harris, a top 10 for first. And because I think there's no space for him down the road and people might not like this one because you see him coming around, Philip Meshar. Call it a day. Move on. That doesn't get it done, I don't think. I don't, I don't think, think it gets it done, but that's the most I would be willing to pay. Right, that's fair, and that's why it won't happen. Okay, boys. <laughs> okay. That, that, that is something I really would love to hear and see in the comments, which, again, we really appreciate the interaction we had the last time. I, I We really like that people come and take what we're saying here and then kind of scrutinize it and then add their own takes. We love that kind of stuff. What would you – first off, would you trade for Trevor Zegras, and what would you be prepared to give up? That would that that's the two, the one and the one B of the question I would love answered in the comments for people that are listening to this. Please let us know. Um, I did have another question. There's a one that I'll ask another time, but this is just a little, a little something something. McDavid got booed at the Bell Center every time he touched the puck. People are losing their minds about this. I'm curious, gentlemen. Are fans entitled to boo whomever they wish to boo as paying customers? Or is there a level of respect or disrespect in this case that they're giving to McJesus that he doesn't deserve? What do you think? Is McJesus wearing a Montreal Canadiens jersey? He's not. He gets booed. Boo that man. <laughs> All right, Dave? I actually like that take. I think it's ridiculous people get mad at this. But just to be contrarian, contrarian a little bit. Um I can see how it bothers people. You know, it just, what's the point of booing? Like you think it's affecting him. It probably just fuels him a little bit more. It's just a very random thing that some fans in Montreal, it's come to be a thing that Montreal play, things do. It's it's quirky. It's kind of like the ole ole, I guess. Uh, it's just odd. It's just an, it's an odd thing, but I guess it's fun while you're there to just boo the heck out of this guy and say, yeah, hey, it's, it's everybody getting together, right? I mean, he said, he said in an interview, uh, paraphrasing, I believe he said that Montreal and the Bell Center is the only place that that happens to him. Well, yeah. He goes, yeah, they're passionate fans and it's fun and I like it and whatever. Is it yeah. a bit much? Sometimes it's a bit much. He's never wronged this team. He's just the best player in the league. Guys, but as paying fans, our own who, who you want. We have booed our own players because of a power play. You think we're going to be the best player on the other team? Yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I'm all for it. Do it, do what you want. But I could see why, like, yeah. some people are just like, this is stupid. You know, I, 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 yeah, I see it both ways. Okay. Both but, ways. like, to the degree that there's talking about on social yeah, yeah, media, it's, it's such a classless fan base. And I'm so embarrassed for them. Uh, hey, guys, yeah. guys, it's a sporting event. Yeah. It cheers on. and boos. It's part of it's part of the they, thing. They threw egos the on fans, the ice in uh, in yeah. Toronto. Okay, like let, let's let's calm come down on, a little bit come about on. It. Let's let's simmer down a little bit. If you pay the money yep. and they're expensive tickets, you could do what you pretty much want to do, barring throwing things on the ice and doing like really dumb the things. Habs, but you have, boo a player. Habs boo fans, if I the Habs fans have literally applauded and mocked uh, both Patrick Roy and Carey Price after having a bad game and making a routine save. Yeah. No, that's the Bronx cheer, right? The Bronx cheer, yeah. the best. The, Bronx the best cheer. thing yeah. ever. Yeah. The best thing ever. The sarcastic the cheering is, the, is, I'm all for sarcastic yeah. cheering. It's the absolute I'm, best. I'm for it. But I'm look, it's it. what makes Montreal special, right? Like people always say, what's the best place to play? It's always Bell Center. Like it's, it always is. It's just because that's what makes it, it's different, you know? And if you want to go to the, to the wrestling world, the, Montreal was one of the first towns to ever boo The Rock, all right? The Rock was a fan favorite. The Montreal was one of the first towns to ever boo. It's just how Montreal fans do. It's what they do. It's They're different than everybody else. It's fun. It's just just keep it going. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm all right with it. And, and, and a follow-up to that, I just thought about it because I read it the other day that apparently the LA Clippers are making some sort of enormous yeah, arena and they have the wall. 
Awesome. Should the Bell Center implement – Vito, do you know about the wall? Have you heard about no, this? I don't. Okay, so basically behind one of the nets – so it's an oval shape, and behind one of the nets where it's at the – I guess the tip of the oval, if you will, it's going to be just a sea of nothing but fans of the home team, mm-hmm. all in, all wearing the colors of the home team, all jacked up with extra little noisemakers and whatever it is that they're going to get, and it's right behind them. So whenever you're imagine in an arena like the Bell Center where where they're skating towards the Habs goalie behind the Habs goalie twice, right? Because they would switch sides, but twice they would see a sea of red. You're not allowed to be an opposing team's fan there. You can't wear the opposing team's fans' colors. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they're also reducing the price and making it a big section for students. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's uh it's like 52 rows of uninterrupted yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, like, it's the whole no, thing. Like, it's from yeah. the glass all the way to the ceiling. So, should the Bell Center do something like this? Whatever or should hockey in general do something like this? Whatever gets rid of that guy with that uh fluorescent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think there's a place for it. It's cool. I don't think Montreal needs to resort to that. I think that, that it's fine. I think that's a cool thing yeah. for like Vegas to do. I could see Vegas, Seattle teams who are struggling with their fan base should do that. I don't think it's necessary necessarily for the Canadians to do that. Canadians have Canadians have a down pat, man. They should, they don't need to change anything other than widen the stupid hallways uh, somehow. Yeah. I, I know it's impossible, yeah. but they should have thought of that uh, in nineteen ninety seven. Once the Arizona Coyotes find an arena, maybe they should do it. <laughs> yeah, no, but the no. seven fans that they have, they're doing it for the whole arena. It's all student seating, <laughs> baby. That's the whole arena. Exactly. The yeah, that's awesome. has more seats than the Coyotes play in an arena that have seats in total. But I don't want to pick on the Coyotes. But I, anyways, I thought that was really cool when I saw it. it. Cool, I like yeah. the look of it, the concept. I thought that was really neat. And uh, and there's there's an aspect of that, maybe not so much at Montreal, because again, right, passion fan base, best in the league, in, as far as I'm concerned, biased of course. But it's you look at you look and 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 scroll out. You can go to other arenas, like in Buffalo, for example. You can see a sea of red there when the Habs are in town. You mm-hmm. come, you come and play a game in the Bell Center. It's all red, baby. Everybody's wearing the red and the white and the Canadian stuff. So, is there a spot at the Bell Center? Maybe, like to your point, Dave, probably not needed. But just that that level of like like European soccer and and that kind of like that the cheers and the things that they do, like that. I don't know. To me, there might be a place for that. I think it's kind of interesting. For sure, um, just the ole ole, yeah. right? Like the ole ole. The ole ole was a big thing. I don't yeah. even know how it started. To be honest, I'd love to like interview the one person who came up and started <laughs> ole oleing at the Habs game and somehow got twenty one thousand people to do it and do it consistently. Like it's, a, it's such a fascinating yeah. thing, but it works. It works, and it, it really sets Montreal apart. And they use it everywhere. Like it, it, you, it goes off into the soccer games. It goes off into the to yeah. the to the Alouettes. You you hear the ole oles. The other fans Sorry? do it to the Habs when they're yeah. getting blown out in their arena. Yeah, UFC does it. GSP was getting the ole ole. The WWE was getting the ole ole's. Like it's a Montreal thing somehow now, even though it's completely ripped off from European soccer. But it's awesome, and and I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for the. You know, I mean, I don't want to shout out another podcast, but like there's there's other people here that they do little chants and stuff like. Like I'm all for things like that. I think it's an it's an exciting thing. Brings people together. uh, Yeah, it adds an element, and it's just an environment thing. It's fun. I agree. I think it's fun too. So, gentlemen, we're going to end it there. Um, a little ole ole for us for this uh, second episode of uh, 2024. Everybody, again, you make it to the end. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe if you haven't already. We appreciate that. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. doesn't matter. We'll, we'll take everybody and anybody who's into hockey. Um, it's exciting times. Exciting times coming up. The trade deadline about two-ish months away, I think. Um, still a lot of hockey between now and then. 
but we still, you know, this is going to be the topic now, probably moving forward for most people that are watching this team. So it's exciting to see the rumors that are coming out and the different trade scenarios that are out there. But again, the question that that we're posing to everybody here, if you can, let us know: Would you trade for Trevor Zegers? And if so, what are your trade scenarios, um, um, potential trades for, for? I should say that you would do to get Zegers back. And if not, not, and let us know why. Are you like Vito and Zegers is just? Uh, yeah, it's not a good player. We don't want Zegers. No, no, no. I didn't say that. <laughs> I know. Worst player in the league. Yeah, terrible player. We don't want Zegers. I terrible. never said bad, that. Bad locker room guy. Might have alluded to that one. So thank you very much for Dave and Vito. I'm Matt, and this, as always, was Get Pucked.